0: Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed
1: hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinsick, powered by Spurts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Andy, happy Wednesday. We're a little early today because I got just, just, just for today. We're a little early. Uh, hopefully we're catching you guys on the East Coast as you're wrapping up your work day. Uh, and we are going to wrap up the NFC South. You ready to go? I don't know. Is this a better time?
0: Should we, should we re Like, what was the reason we picked 80 Eastern? Or is that still the best time for everyone?
1: Well, typically. I'm I don't right. know. <laughs> yeah, that, not, that is fair. You are, there, you are on the West Coast. When we're not in the midst of summer, uh, and I'm not getting barraged with emails and phone calls and meetings, which has been my week to this point uh i I'm, I'm 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 a little bit difficult of course i'm getting pinged right as right as we speak oh uh, i know work, Un- work, unbelievable. Work. work 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 um and what was funny is it was right after i put myself on do not disturb and my uh, my people know that that's a that's a time to to oh wait he just hit it on do not disturb i need to ask this question that's always how it goes I that's put okay.
0: myself on do not disturb on the company slack <laughs> and then i i had to go back into it To pull a graphic from our little channel. I wanted to download the schedules that you'd made for these two teams to take a look. And I see Reed, Reed Rooney. Right away. (laughs) Like he saw that I went on do not disturb right away. He's like, Are you taking a nap? Come on. It it says show prep. I'm doing show prep. And he he accused us of not we do a lot of show prep. And I I said, like a lot of show prep. Once we get I said, and I, I said this, I said, once we get to the season show prep doesn't exist show prep is the entire week show prep is handicapping and getting ready for the week there's not like a distinct time for it but this is yeah taking a lot of notes trying to find some good nuggets for you guys and and also finding some on my own i i every time i do this I, I think i'm halfway ready for this and then i find a couple things and it's like wow this is a goofy schedule or you know, i just hadn't dug deep enough into the schedule or this thing or some players that are missing but yeah we're uh this is a weird one. We are going to talk about the Super Bowl champions. And then also, we will talk about the team that actually won the division last year.
1: That's right. And actually, before, before we dive into this, uh, it's, we should give a little credit to show prep for that, we, that we, uh, we get from other folks in the industry. Um, you know, my show prep generally consists of, I, I read the Football Outsiders chapter. Uh, I go through the, um, the Warren Sharps football preview. Uh, just to kind of refresh yep. and make sure, you know, I, I find that especially useful in terms of kind of remembering, you know, what exactly all of the, um, you know, roster turnover was uh, and looking at the the updated depth chart. I, I find that very, very helpful before we go into any given preview podcast. So hat tip to those folks for providing such valuable resources uh, to help us get caught up as we prepare to bet on these teams. You know what um, I look at, I'm too? Previewing? What no, else? I what else?
0: absolutely football. football outsiders great the Warren Sharp guide. Probably there's too many pictures for my ADD in there. There's too many charts. I get distracted in there, but a lot of good info in there and yeah, his uh, his little, you know, his roster charts, players added and all that stuff. It's great. I look at the Wikipedia for last season.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah, because, I do Because there's reference.
0: no well, no pro, pro football reference as well, but the Wikipedia, if you type in like 2020 Saints, it uh-huh. is just like the most no frills anything. It's just like here's where the game was. Here's who what yes. like it's very, very bare. Here's bone. who all
1: the coaches were. Here's the positional coaches. Yeah, that I, I, that is very useful. I,
0: I use I use that one quite a bit too because it just it's real simple and there's a lot. But yeah, we we do uh we do learn a lot as we're digging in and it's fun and we always talk about this off the air, and I probably have on the air too. Like we learn a shitload and it helps us. This is what you know, we would have a lot, we'd be a lot worse at betting if it weren't for doing these previews for you guys. Oh, so. hell yes. Thank um, you for watching us and allowing yeah. us to spend time on this.
1: Yeah. And I guess um, let's let's uh, dive right in then to the New Orleans Saints uh, and talk about 2020, which was the end of an era. Right? The end of an really era. Uh, Sean Payton finished his 14th year, I believe. 13 if you uh, take out the year that he was suspended. Uh, and uh, Drew Brees completed his, what, uh, also 14th year, right? Or thirteen? 13 or 14th. 10th? I think it was like his
0: 10th in in uh, New Orleans.
1: No, no. He went to New Orleans in 2006.
0: Was, it? <laughs> it was, was that right? Oh, who was that reading 10? I 06, had 10 stuck 10. in my head for something.
1: He went in 06 he was there. Uh, he won his Super Boy, Bowl in, what was that, 2010-ish? Uh, and then 2009. or 2009 yeah 2009 uh, and then uh, yeah so it but it, so this was a long time coach QB tandem in New Orleans that was extremely successful and we now turn the page because Drew Brees has hung up his hat in as far how excuse me hung up his helmet and picked up his broadcasting hat I believe will be on the Sunday Night Football broadcast he's definitely part of the NBC family now Um and uh, he'll be in you'll you you won't miss Drew Brees I promise you he'll he'll still be around you'll see him um and he He, he's he's
0: an affable guy I think he'll he'll be be throwing.
1: He will be throwing just as many catchable 25-yard passes this season as he did last season, uh, and it, but it won't be with the helmet on. Um, that said, it was the end of an era. Drew Brees was an extremely effective quarterback for the Saints. They were in it every single year. Winning only one Super Bowl felt a little low, but at least they won the one. You know, At least it wasn't a Dan Marino sitch. Uh, where he was constantly in the discussion. Never won an MVP, set a lot of all-time records. Tom Brady's gonna break almost all those all-time <laughs> do records. So you remember it's the, not gonna last the, long.
0: The laminated card they handed. I do him, like, and Monday in-game. Night Football. That
1: was, that was extremely such a cheesy.
0: weird deal. Um I mean and really the biggest thing you hit Complete on there cheese. was you're you're talking about the the entire arc of his career I am, you know, obviously right now we're focused in on the 2020 season, but to spread that out, not quite as far as you did, but over the past three years, you know, with winning the division a few times, winning double digit and more games, it wasn't just like a 10 win season. These were good years for a few years. It does feel like they missed uh, a window at a second one and it's tough. It's tough. You can be the best or, you know, one of the top three, four teams. In the NFL, it's hard. It's single elimination playoffs. There's injuries. Like they, they did miss a window for a second one. They were twelve and four, but I mean the injuries really racked up last year. Great offensive line, stellar running back. Again, a guy who can do a lot of things, especially in the passing game. But with the they bring in Mandy Sanders, he gets COVID. Thomas ends up out for the playoff games. Drew Brees, if he wasn't already thinking of overtime or overtime, excuse me, retirement, retirement retirement, breaking ribs, puncturing a lung, and then after, and, you know, we make fun of his noodle arm. It turns out he probably had a decent tear in the rotator cuff, and a, what was it, a plantar fasciitis, maybe a torn, torn fascia on his foot, too, so, like, that guy was put together by duct tape by the end of the year, so if he wasn't serious about retirement, I think those late season injuries probably put that on ice, and that's, you know, that's that. The window is closed, and now uh, they're kind of in cap hell. Not not that cap hell isn't escapable in today's day and age. Like there's good GMs that can get out of that, but like everybody has dead money. But they, yeah. they like Breeze is 11 million against the cap this year. Yeah. these things happen.
1: Yeah, um, we'll get into more of their off changes in a bit once we close the book on the 2020 season. But it did, you know, they they did. You know, this arc was important to cover because towards the end of it they basically saved their franchise with the 2017 draft the one where they got Lattimore and Everybody. um and Ramchek and uh marcus williams and uh i mean there were so, so many important players basically every guy they got in the top half of that draft ended up being a key starter and you needed those guys on cheap deals because they gave money to everybody else to keep the band together, to make a push, to try to get one more Super Bowl in the Drew Brees era didn't happen. And now we get to find out what the consequences of that (laughs) become. Right. Um, And I guess I would not say that their 2020 season was campaign was a success. They really, you know, what was weird. They, they really got, I feel like got, um, got hosed in the seating department to a degree. Um, They're, you know, they ended up with the two seed. Right. So they they didn't get a buy. They could have used one. Instead, they had to play the Bears. Uh, that game was never really in doubt. They went twenty one nine. But even playing, I didn't think was as good as if they had had a full week of rest to prepare for Tampa Bay coming to the town. Uh, they had to try to beat Tampa Bay a third time. And everyone knows it's tough to beat a team three times, Andy. It is. Um,
0: <laughs> well, especially the, with without your star receiver. And your yeah, right. aging quarterback is clearly not hundred percent yet. Like what are you gonna do? they were and the funny thing is, like they were leading that game, driving for more points, and one fumble. It, it's kind of like last night. and you know, if you're listening to this later on or down the road, we're talking we're gonna talk about the NBA Finals game six because it was last night, but before that, Mr. Kevin Durant received a pass, shook around a little, turned around and shot a three-pointer that was a two-pointer yeah. went to overtime they did not win that game his his toe his toe would have been what an inch further back and that game is over the buck season is done they don't get this championship tampa like that that was it. jared
1: cook jared wow. cook fumble game of inches man
0: yeah i mean i'm trying to think who who was it with the fumble
1: yeah it was jared cook
0: sure yes. it was jared cook yeah, he was because he, he was a he fumble they got, yeah, even fumble. if they got three points there, they're up by ten, and maybe this whole Tampa Super Bowl doesn't happen. It's crazy on the littlest, and a fumble is a little thing. A fumble in the playoffs is a very big thing, but one play like that just turns things around. And yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't, I don't think the Saints were going to continue to, you know, as beat up as they were and the injuries. It was going to be tough for them to get it done. But uh, yeah, you you talked about the third time. That's my final note. I think on like their season since the realignment well, there's one in 2002 no go one more
1: very 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 okay. important note you do very important note um the, the 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 drew Brees did not start 16 games no he missed he missed the spell in the middle and who did they go to was it their um their they went to Jameis. they went to Jameis. oh wait no
0: they was, did they pulled the
1: switch. Well, one time, but in that game, they did. In that game, they they went to they went to Jameis. Yeah, right. In In that game. game. (laughs) Yeah. But then they pulled the
0: switcheroo.
1: They pulled the switcheroo. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it was the Taysom Hill show, surprisingly, uh, who took over in relief for Drew Brees. And I at the time, it was head scratching. Um, There was no consequence for it. They won all of those games. Uh, I think was uh, Drew Brees' first game back. The loss to Philadelphia. They won the four games where I where Taysom Hill started. I believe. Uh, let they me went, just double I check. I think
0: they lost one because they won the fourth, all of
1: the. Was that one the fourth they won one? Won
0: all of the Teddy starts the previous time.
1: Yeah, you're right. The fourth, one, the fourth one. The fourth one was was Taysom Hill losing to Philly. So Taysom went, Hill went three and one, and it's a starter.
0: Eight and one, with uh, Drew teddy. Brees out over the past yeah. two years. No, over the past two years, eight and oh, three okay. oh, okay. out, which oh, okay. is, I, I mean, a te- really a testament to the coaching, especially with. I mean, not only that, but when you were missing Breeze, you were missing receivers for part of the time. With the some of the stuff overlapped with the injuries, Thomas got injured a lot more than you know usual. I guess if you want to call it that, but yeah, it's still like the fact that Breeze got injured, missed a bunch of games. They started a quarterback who really hadn't played quarterback all that much. They you know they popped Jameis in there who they weren't. I'm not sure they. Obviously, they weren't super confident about, and they ended up still winning 12 games this year. Yeah. No one since since the realignment when we went from there used to be something called the NFC Central. That's for my that's for my <laughs> squad's <laughs> the group. But since the realignment when they created the NFC South as it is now, no team had ever swept the division. All six games, the Saints managed to do that, which was ironic that their season was ended by an NFC South team so like yeah by by uh, by the record books by the just the raw like win loss it's like, oh, they had a pretty good year, but it was it was a weird season, I felt like too and yeah, they be- they beat the pansa you talk about beating the the bucks three times they didn't just beat the bucks they beat them it was like 72 28 total. I mean, they beat the ever-living
1: piss-off. Uh, let's not revise history too much. Game one was one on the back of some pretty lucky defensive fluky Tom Brady gave them six points via interceptions. Uh, we'll we'll and get then, to Tom
0: Brady, but early, early season no, yeah, Tampa that, that, was that, not late season Tampa. Like, no, that was no, a they, weird that, team.
1: Yes, for sure. But that week one win for them over the Buccaneers where they won by 11 – was not the scoreboard was not indicative i will i will contend that the week um the primetime game in uh week nine on sunday night football where they went down to tampa and they won 38 to three that was weird that might as well have been 70 to three. That, <laughs> I mean, that, that, was an, that was just an absolute ass kicking. And I don't know why Tampa no showed. I don't know why. I don't know how new Orleans came in with the perfect game plan for that one. Um, I remember betting new Orleans and thinking they had a, a fighter's chance to get a win. Uh, I did not expect it to be by 35 points. Um, but that's all that said, um, you know, the, the defense stepped up when asked after, you know, they had a f- shitty first five games uh, and then coming out of their bye, they played a bunch of mediocre to bad quarterbacks in a row. Uh, let's see this uh, stretch from week seven to week 14. They never gave up more than 24 points. In fact, there's some single digits in there. A couple threes and nine. Uh, was the Broncos game the three where they went against the wide receiver?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, that was yeah. that was a that game doesn't count. If, if you want to throw out the results of the Tampa game, <laughs> we're definitely throwing out the results of that. I do it. And it's funny because you you got a little contentious about a final score in a game. Do you want to discuss the final result of the Chiefs Saints game that was decided by three?
1: No. No. You,
0: was, was that, was that the, I'm trying to remember when I looked at them. Like, Was that the game where you got really
1: mad the next day? Oh yeah. I laid three and the Chiefs should have yeah. won that one by double digits going away by going away and they fiddle fucked around and uh, let the let the they let the they let the Saints back in it and they let the uh, plus three and a half players uh, celebrate a win that was not well deserved in my opinion all that said uh, they win one playoff game they lose a playoff game season wasn't really what you would call a success especially considering their division rival Tampa Bay Buccaneers went on to win the Super Bowl Drew Brees retires, and now we enter the 2020 off season. And I gotta say, they probably came through this about as good, if not better, than you would have thought when the when they when they left the field against the Bucks in January. Right? You knew. I mean, it was doom and gloom across the it media was. coverage landscape at the time. Like, they're going to cap hell. They're not going to be able to bring anyone back. Uh, this team, you know this team is screwed for a decade. Uh, you know I mean, like there was a lot of very pessimistic outlook for the future of the Saints. And as I look at the turnover, they lost some depth, but you know there are some teams like the like the Rams come to mind where you know, they were they lost more than the Saints <laughs> ended up losing ultimately in terms of depth and impactful players. Um, as we go down this key players lost here for the Saints. Uh, you know, Malcolm Brown moves the needle for it, me it's, a it's tiny amount at D line. Uh, Janoris Jenkins moves the needle a tiny amount for me. Sander Emmanuel Sanders, tiny needle move. Nope. Uh, Jared Cook, tiny needle move. Um, and then there, you know, Sheldon Rankins, tiny, tiny impact. You uh, I mean, none the of these guys moves it for me. Uh, who moves it for you?
0: I'd say Trey Hendrickson out of any of the oh look, yeah, more okay. than, oh, yeah, more, sure, 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 yeah sure. more than any of the defense. And I don't want to take anything away from, sure. you know, Malcolm Brown, Quan Alexander, okay, uh, Janoris Jenkins. Yeah, like these were contributors to a good defense, but Trey Hendrickson had like you know know I didn't have
1: that noted. You know why I didn't have that noted? I thought Trey Hendrickson uh was the most overrated of the of those guys. And so losing yeah. him. You know, they sold – They. I feel like that was a sell-high kind of a deal. Uh, Yeah. But maybe I'm wrong. It was a flashy
0: stat. It was a flashy stat year. Like, I don't think he – he's probably not going to go somewhere and replicate or do better than that. But he's like a 10-sack guy if he's getting the right defense and the right system. And it is it is a deep defense. I don't think – you know, these are – it's not good to lose these players, especially when you don't have a ton of draft capital. It's not like they were – you know in up shit's Creek, like Houston, but the draft capital being what it was, they did draft at the end. It's going to be more of a, a lot of the guys they're drafting, it's going to be just depth. So I, I think, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like the needle doesn't move a ton on these losses on the defense. And truthfully, I'm not sure the needle moves a ton on losing Drew Brees. I think it, it's kind of is what it is. It's not like you're Andrew Luck up and retires one day. We kind of knew it was coming a smart front office, sure. a smart management team, a smart coach was kind of prepping for this. You can't say this was on purpose because Drew Brees breaking ribs certainly wasn't in anyone's plan, but getting Taysom Hill, some reps, Jameis Winston being a former starter, like having those guys in your room rather than some of these other teams when they have to move on from a good quarterback, that I, they're not in a terrible spot as far as a team that lost a hall of famer, six defenders, and you know, uh, the, really, I think that's probably it. It's just the defense of the defensive yeah, losses. Like the guys and, that I had Maurice. circled, I, I had
1: guys, I had guys that were getting paid a lot or needed to get paid a lot. Circled that I was like, oh, dude, this could go bad for them. Like to get under the cap, they could lose Lattimore, uh, they could lose Williams, they could lose Armstead, they could lose Ramchick, they could lose Thomas. You know, like like this could go real bad for them. Um, all those guys are back, and they're all really good con- contributors. In fact, you know what moves the needle for me more than Trey Hendrickson uh, walking? Because, again, Davenport and Cam Jordan are still oh, very Cam. fine D-line. Cam, Cam Jordan's um, like our age now, though. Cam Jordan he, will be that's good, true. but that's he's, true. he's, he's that's starting to get Cam up there. Cam Jordan's think, getting up there. He's up he'll there. still be fine, though. And you, and yeah, you no, didn't right. see as much impact from him last year as we have in years past. There's no doubt. Mm. Um, but what moves the needle more for me is a guy like uh, Onyemata getting suspended for the first six games i i think that is more impactful than losing a guy like uh, trey hendrickson personally um so but but again you're very 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 thin now so something like an Onimata suspension something like an offensive lineman injury that will be massively impactful so this is now somewhat of a fragile team on top of the fact that they're turning over quarterbacks i guess um what would you i I don't want to move too far too fast down our um you know down yeah, we'll, our uh, rundown we'll to here, here. but uh, we'll, but like what, we can talk what was what were, what were the saints what were the saints for you in terms of their offensive ranking last year were they top 10
0: they were very hard to judge both these teams we're going to talk about today were very hard for me to judge because not tampa bay and we'll get to this was so volatile in the offense and i think we learned that some of that was just Tom Brady hadn't had to learn a new system ever and like it, it took a while even for the great one like that I still had to Tom, get, I, I
1: had Tampa by the end of the year I had Tampa's offense rated higher than New Orleans
0: oh yeah no for sure like especially at the, that's what I'm saying at the end of the year the, if you divide the you know the year up into quarters the first three quarters I'm like I think Tampa's good and then they'd have one of those games where they weren't and it really I really really struggled with Tampa whereas with the Saints I struggled with Oh, now Sanders has COVID and we're, uh, God knows who we're starting at wide receiver or like Thomas is hurt. Like how much can they rely on this? And then they do stuff and it was almost, you know, I'm making some comparisons up to Belichick and the the New New England Patriots there. But they did some things that were like, oh, you know, maybe this guy is going to go down as one of the better coaches of all times if he can make adjustments like this. Like the the Viking, you know, some of the Vikings game where they it's like, oh, we're just gonna run, or we're just we're gonna use Taysom Hill and he's gonna be a quarterback and he's gonna be slash and run. Like the offense was very hard to grade for me because I didn't know what they were gonna do. It's like, man, what's the game plan this week? Are they dicked? And then, you know, Peyton would come up with a decent game plan, take what he had and try to make the best of it. Then they they continue to win games, even fighting through some some major injuries. They had yeah. continuity most everywhere else, but when you have a quarterback, a hall of fame quarterback go down and you have to have some other guys step in and then you're losing your receivers right away. Your passing game is super important. So the fact that their passing game was so in and out like that, it made it very hard for me to grade, but yeah, I had Tampa ahead of them. I probably had them about, you know, top 10.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, But you're right. The, that, that Peyton, Pete Carmichael guy that you forget is, you know, he's been there for, this is Pete Carmichael's 12th year. This yeah. is Sean Payton's 15th year. Um, these guys have been together for a long time, and they are capable of crafting a game plan with replacement level players that can still get enough points to beat you. Um, they had, yeah, and you, you bring up tons of great points. I forgot they didn't have Michael Thomas for a ton of last season. He was expected to be wide receiver one across the entire NFL, uh, and he really, really was underwhelming in terms of his availability and his impact on Sundays. Um, but, yeah, my at the end of the day, uh, I, wa- I had New Orleans offense finish 11th last year of every off- of all the offenses in the NFL. They were my number 11 offense. You know what the market has them power rated this year with uh, Drew Brees gone?
0: Like 18, 19?
1: Oh, 11th. Really?
0: <laughs> yes, so- they
1: have them power rated 11th. So, so the market is telling you, or at least telling me, that I don't really need to make any adjustments from when I yeah. finished the season, regular season with these guys last year to what to expect from them this year.
0: And we're talking changes, and you talked a little bit. And, you know, the opposite of that is the continuity. And I think maybe that's where I'm fine with keeping them the same and not doing a massive – up. and especially what you just said plus what I just said. Sean, sure. can, Sean Payton can take his situation, make the best of it. Teddy Bridgewater was not the quarterback that – was going to fit into their system last year. And they still just like, all right, well, here's how we use Teddy for these six weeks. We'll make the best of it. We'll win a game by only kicking field goals one time. Like, they made the best of it. Like, you run that back all those times, they probably don't go 6-0 a lot, but they probably go like 4-2, and 5-1 and a lot. Like, they were – it was a good team even with Teddy at the helm. So I think the faith we have to put in Sean Payton combined with – did you know they drafted all five of their starting offensive linemen
1: I did know that.
0: I don't know how many people can like that. Was that doesn't seem like something that should blow my mind, but it. How many people can say they drafted all five of their and they're good? They're some good Pete, Ramchick, I mean, there's, there's some good speed. Ramcheck There's some good. Oh, start. they're great. Oh yeah, they're yeah. Great. A, so having having that continuity, even Ruiz a, is
1: guard. He's that's a that's a that's a bonus. He's oh yeah. F- he's a future center without question. He was, they can yeah, slide he, well, he in was as a center in Michigan. Yeah. Um.
0: So yeah, you bring you bring that continuity, of the offensive line. You bring a great. a very good all-time great running back um a really really good an all-time great coach apparently we're talking about and then the problem is if the quarterback play sucks or it's really down none of that might matter and the fact is that michael thomas is still very very good but the wide receiver room stinks in general if you want to look at it overall they don't have any depth at that they don't have a good number two with him yet and like like that might be the most important part having okay. a good receipt having a good receiver room having a good quarterback so i'm cautiously optimistic but yeah if, if the why if the quarterback play and the wide receiver is this thin it, it might yeah. not be up to snuff from last year
1: yeah uh we let's move down a notch then and get to the meat of the discussion which is qb qb decision um yeah. we've covered it i think completely fairly this will be a top five offensive line if they stay healthy I don't mm-hmm. think that's really negotiable. This will be a top ten offensive weapons unit between Thomas and Kamara, practically alone. Uh, you know those two guys, including some of the depth you have. Latavius Murray did a nice job with you know, from depth. Uh, Smith, I thought, emerged pretty reasonably well as a slot wide receiver last year. Harris, you know, looks like he has some promise. Um, you know, this th- this is, I think, a top ten uh, unit from a weapons standpoint. The reason that they're stuck with a ceiling ish of 11, 12, 13 in terms of offensive rating is because the quarterback is probably going to be Taysom Hill. And I think that is like, we have that is a known quantity. Taysom Hill will be probably the 26th best quarterback, maybe the 25th, maybe the 27th. <laughs> I mean, it is a narrow range. We know exactly what he can do. His skill set is relatively limited, and the more they put him out there, the more reps the the league gets on him. I think the less likely he has some pop, some emergence, some uh, you know takes a step forward to where you're like, you know, like oh sh- oh this guy is the next uh, you know. I, I don't even know if I can come up with like a fair comp for him in terms of his skill set because his any you know he, he he's capable of. He, I guess maybe Terod Taylor. Like, is that like best case scenario for Taysom Hill?
0: Randall L Antoine Randall L. You know, and you know what? You know where I you know where I'm seeing him be the most dangerous. And when he was at quarterback, yes, he had a couple good games, but I'm gonna I'm gonna call that like you know, you had a good good coach, good offensive line, and a really good running back to toss the ball to. And he has you know he has good legs, but man, when he catches balls out in space. It's like he's a scary-ass tight end coming down the field. Like, I'd like to see him catch more balls. I think he'd be a great weapon. I'm hesitant to put too much stock in my own quarterback evaluation abilities after the Josh Allen experience. Um, that said, I don't, I don't have a good take on, like, hey, oh, how are the Saints at developing a quarterback? I don't fucking know. They've had the same one for 15 <laughs> years. Like,
1: well, we no, we I get... think we do know. We do know. We saw it. Taysom Hill was re-signed for big money as to be like the next guy for them. Yeah, no, but we and we they haven't seen we haven't him. seen They'd him, play him practice. I know, but they gave him practice reps. I know, yes, last season was a abbreviated preseason, but he had four weeks where they were giving him every QB one snap mm-hmm. in preparation for a couple games against some difficult defenses. Um, at least in Philly and uh, Philly and Denver's defenses, he had to have you know they had to have some pretty uh, kind of nuanced game plans there. Um, so it's, and even in all that, like we, I'm just not seeing it. I don't think that his ceiling is, I don't no. think if there's not a, there's not an, if everything goes right with Taysom Hill, right. Which is why it's so confounding that they are so determined to go down this road because there is an ev- everything goes right for Jameis Winston. And it is definitely higher than 25th in the NFL in terms of QB play. Uh, that's it. I'm not saying it will ever happen. Uh, you know, you you hate to kind of pin your future hopes on if everything goes right, but considering where they are right now as a franchise, where they have all of this talent everywhere else, and you know they and they're in uh, an NFC that is relatively wide open outside of their division foe Buccaneers, I'm not sure why they're not going with Jameis Winston.
0: I, I get what you're saying. I think so. Let me let me ask you if this is where you're at in the range of outcomes. You're thinking Taysom has a much Narrower dist- distribution, like like he's not maybe he's not, look, like maybe
1: he, no distribution.
0: Yeah, like you With know, <laughs> yeah. working with a good quarterbacks coach, working yeah. with in the off season, working with the receivers, getting the tutelage, really putting in the work, he could be like a Josh Allen thing. He doesn't. That have didn't an arm. happen. That did, well, it, but yeah, that's the thing. He doesn't have a massive arm like that. He didn't. But that even that Josh Allen thing, who had the physical gifts, he needed to get a lot of shit right. That took a couple of years. The window yeah. for New Orleans is not a couple years. Like, so it's depending, I guess, what you want to do as a franchise, because if you go with Taysom, I think the ceiling's a lot lower. You probably end up in the playoffs, but as a lower seed and you have, you know, just what you had last year. Whereas the 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 Jameis Winston experience, man, it could be, it could be high end. And that's, that's the thing too. What, you know, you talk about what helps a defense and the other team will talk about what, what helped that defense a lot. Well, not getting put in, oh shit, Jason just, or Taysom just threw, Taysom, Jameis just threw another pick and we're back out on the field again. Like when you throw that many picks, the defense, you're not putting the defense in good positions when it's, oh, they're at our 20 again. Like the defense is going to look bad. So Drew Brees was, you, you know, we had a lot of negatives about him, but historically he had a low interception rate. He didn't have a lot of high, you know, interceptable balls ever. As his arm got worse, it got worse. But as a whole, they had a pretty low volatility quarterback who used to have a decent arm. Now, if you do throw Jameis in, it's like, oh, the defense looks so much worse on paper because they're constantly being put in bad positions and the offense is not scoring because they're turning it over or making bad throws. But on the other hand, when he was, you know, when he was with Tampa in 2019, he led the league in yardage. He, led, he was not the league leader in touchdowns, but he was like top five. It was a 30-30 year. That interception thing was just not great. So if they can work with him and get that out of him and get him making better decisions, maybe the LASIK helped. Although that that one game he came in for Breeze, and it's hard to dig on a guy coming in cold like that, not doing the game plan. He did have a couple passes where it's like, oh, shit, that's Jameis. He's back. You know, they didn't – it wasn't like, oh, he threw a pick, but he threw a couple passes that were like, that could have been a pick. Like, buddy, you're doing the same shit. So – that said, I'm still on it. Like, I would go for it. Your your windows for these things aren't small. I said the window might be closed. I don't know if it's quite closed yet. So, shit, do it. Do it up. The NFC is weak. You get the two seed. Maybe run that rough. You play well enough. You can finish better than Tampa. The only bad thing is that you have the first place schedule. Tampa doesn't.
1: Yeah, right. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I feel like you start Taysom Hill. Your ceiling is 9-8. And, and Your floor is 8-9. and nine. You start that's James fair. Winston, you could you could go you could go to the playoffs. You might win a playoff game. Who knows? Or you could be 4 and 12 and be picking your next franchise quarterback in which case you're probably better off because now you have this uh low-cost quarterback to go with an otherwise badass roster. You know, that's like the perfect storm for competing in the NFL nowadays. So, you know, th- this is like this is like they they really needed like a shot at a quarterback this year realistically uh, you know a young quarterback and the you know, quarterback in the draft was, you know, but it just it was not even gonna it wasn't gonna happen like there was just no way that they were gonna be in position to land a guy like um they needed like you remember when the ravens uh lucked into lamar jackson 32nd overall they needed something like that to happen to them where you know nobody was taking fields and he slid all the way and it was like oh Wait a second. Here, problem solved. We'll take fields, get rid of these guys. Like, this is our future now, you know? Um, so, I, I guess where I'm sitting, I don't love the decision that seems to be a likely outcome at this point, which is Taysom Hill, because I don't think Taysom Hill is winning. You know, he's not winning you playoff games for sure. Um, you know, the, the, you need like all universe defense to be a 13 win kind of team with Taysom Hill as your quarterback. And they're not there. Um, So I'm hesitant to really ever be that – what's the right word? Like that pessimistic about uh, a team that has this much coaching continuity and has this much of a clear, obvious record of success in today's NFL. Um, But I think the likelihood that this team surprises to the upside considering that they seem – to be on the Taysom Hill path is low. Yeah.
0: And beat, beat writers seem to think Jameis is the front runner, whereas I don't and you don't. So it, this will be yet to be determined. We're not going to have a good take on this. Um, when we get to odds, like spoiler, we're not going to have a great take on what to bet on this team because I think it does make a big difference. Obviously, it's a it's effing quarterback. It's the most important thing. Um, depth? Fragile. You mentioned the word fragile. Good book. There's a good book called Anti-Fragile. You should probably you've probably read it. I'm talking to everybody else. You should probably read that. It's a pretty good book and it speaks to again, the opposite of what we have here. A team without depth is fragile. They can be quickly finding the tail ends of the distribution of outcomes that they have and this team doesn't have a lot of depth in a few spots. If you have a quarterback that is not working out, and you lose Michael Thomas again. This is going to be a bad team, Dep- despite what the defense is doing, despite how good the offense is, despite the coaching. It could be a problem. They can't continue to just make magic with a you know bad play at the wide receivers position. So
1: yeah, this I, I becomes I think the Marcus, this is the Marcus calloway Jawan Johnson show. We got a problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the the depth here is the biggest knock. So if this team decides to go with Taysom Hill and it's looking like he's playing okay, it might be a team to start fading because just look at anybody. It's, it's so tough in the NFL. You can see the NFL defensive coordinators, they figure stuff out. And if a guy isn't going to be able to, you know, be calling plays and making decisions at the, at the line of scrimmage at the highest level of quarterback, you're going to have issues. So i I'm, I'm not yeah I'm not super hopeful for this team,
1: I guess speaking of um depth, if you choose hill in this preseason, why keep Jameis on the roster I the draft point?
0: a quarterback too they drafted Ian book, who is just never gonna have a big enough arm to be an NFL quarterback like that's just like just take another defender at that point. why are you taking Ian book
1: uh, yeah I, I I don't get it, I don't get it, I really don't um. Yeah, the depth issue is very concerning. <clears throat> they have a front line across the offensive line that is just bananas good, and then every single replacement player to me has not had enough snaps to step in and make an impact, uh, or step yeah. in and even do replacement level, give you replacement level production uh, on the O line. So that's a little spooky. Considering Taysom Hill, I don't, you know, he, he's a scrambler. He's a guy that's going to extend plays. He's going to use, you know, they're going to they're going to do enough um you know you know interesting things to keep him going even if the offensive line isn't 100 percent um alvin kamara though you know i think he benefits from the offensive line play um you know overall i think you see the the offense take a step back if they suffer any injuries there and then yeah the defense also very very fragile the uh, you know i can't name i don't know anything about this third uh cornerback here after patrick robinson and malcolm jenkins uh, excuse me, uh, Patrick Robinson and Marshawn Lattimore, Mark, Mark, Lattimore. Uh, uh, Paulson, Adibo.
0: Remember we made fun of
1: Elder. I do. Right. Where's he now? We're right. right. <laughs> yeah, where's he now? The, the AFL? I don't know. His name is Corn. <laughs> No, like the third. Probably still you're you're going to be able, probably
0: still plays for Carolina. If
1: you're an offense that has three wide receivers, you're going to be able to pick on a guy here. Uh, Marcus Williams is going to be asked to do a lot. Malcolm Jenkins is going to be asked to do a lot at the safety position uh, in coverage because these guys who are going to be asked to cover the third receivers out there or cover the wide receivers when they go wheel. Uh, this is a rough crew, man. This is a rough crew. So yeah, a Ladmore injuries spooky. A Rob Patrick Robinson injuries. Ah, shoot, I don't even know how good Patrick Robinson is anymore. To be honest with you, he's um,
0: okay. I think he's fine. I I, th- I have this as a a very good defense with a big problem at depth. Whereas a couple injuries could spin this into a bad team. So yeah, if you end up with some bad luck and in defensive injuries, and the quarterback play isn't there. And yeah, it's like, man, this is like a six win team. That's not great. But at the same time, stay healthy. You have the weapons, you have the coaching, you have a high end, high variance quarterback where you could win the division as good as I think Tampa is. I think you have a shot at that. So, and this is tough. And if you want to, we'll, we'll get to the schedule. Like I just said, they don't, they, they have a first place schedule, even though Tampa's like, Oh, who won the division? I think a lot of people might accidentally say Tampa won the division Saints won the division. The Saints swept the division, did not lose a game in the regular season. They don't actually have that tough of a schedule, I don't think. I don't and think it's they are, really, are
1: more even close.
0: It's a really it's a really weird one as far as we're gonna get into some of these that are very busy in the colors. This one is maybe the most boring schedule situationally. They have a two-way straight off the bye that, you know, that helps mitigate the travel the you know the Traveling across to, what is it, Seattle that week, but you have the bye before. So, like, that kind of mitigates some of that. And then you get three spots where you're off back-to-back roadies. Two of them are against New England and Philly, which aren't projected to be, you know, playoff teams. The, The Tampa one, that sucks. Like, that's a really rough spot playing Tampa on Sunday night after coming back from New York. Otherwise, you have the one of your Thursday nights has gone away because you're doing a double Thursday into Thanksgiving. And then oh, yeah. that week, yeah, you have the the easy coming off Thursday into the Jets game at the Jets, and that's it. Like, there's no situational stuff hardly. And again, it's it's not an easy schedule, but it's certainly not one of the more difficult. So, not a yeah, not a ton to say about this. I don't know what you picked up on this. It just it's very neutral to me.
1: Yeah, I, as me as well. And I I, I guess just very weird uh thanksgiving night game buffalo at new orleans <laughs> that uh, the classic cl- the classic rivalry from buffalo buffalo at new orleans there um, new orleans a one and a half dog at home on thanksgiving night um yeah i mean the easy part of the schedule i suppose is the beginning um after that green bay game you have Four of your next five games are on the road. Obviously, you don't get the Superdome help, but those are all teams that you should be competing with or beating, um, particularly Carolina, New England, Giants, Washington. So if you get off to a good start, uh, you have the potential to get a wild card, I suppose. Um, The bad part of the schedule, just in terms of opponent strength, is kind of right there in the middle. Uh, Seattle, Tampa... Um, Tennessee, Buffalo, you know, those are four very difficult games for you to win, although you do get three of those at home. So it is, I, you know, it's, or excuse me, only two of those at home Tennessee and Seattle, you're on the road. Um, but yeah, it's this is not a hard schedule, really, even though it is a quote unquote first place schedule. First place schedule. Um, no, a, they, a lot of it the is... extras. Who are the extras they drew? Seattle and Green Bay were the extras they drew. Yeah. Uh, Seattle, Green Bay, and uh, who across division? Uh, Tennessee. So they're they their three extra for being first place were Seattle, Green Bay, and Tennessee. Like, so that doesn't really help them that much because, or I mean, I guess that helps the Buccaneers because they get the second best team in the NFC North after Green Bay. They get the second best team in the. Um, uh, NFC West after Seattle, I guess that's the Rams and, the, and
0: the AFC South
1: and the AFC South. That's well, they we get the Indy. Yeah, so the you know, it, it, yeah, it's that's kind good. of a it's kind of a wash, other than the it's Green Bay Chicago difference, right? So it's it's uh it's not that much more difficult than the Bucks in terms of who they play, but it's easy because they draw the NFC East uh, and the AFC East, right? Yeah, NFC East the, and the AFC East. That's a that's a beauty. That's a that's a beauty of a draw. That's a beauty of a draw.
0: And that's the random part about the scheduling is that you're playing an entire division, um, you know, in your conference and an entire division in the opposing conference, and it just rotates. So, like, if you stumble into the NFC East and the AFC East, which, yes, Buffalo is very, very good, but you're going to play some first-place teams, that's just how life goes, but getting getting some rookie quarterbacks, getting the NFC East – Getting the, you know, the the Panthers and possibly the Falcons not being all that great. It's, it isn't bad for a first place schedule. And truthfully, here, here's the angle. It's like, when I first looked at this, I saw, you know, the easy first five games, not easy, but the easier part of the schedule being that first five into the bye. And I'm like, yeah, what if they are like four and one? You know, is that a spot to bet Tampa? And then I went, you know, spoiler alert: Tampa's first part <laughs> of the schedule. Like Tam-Tampa Tampa, yeah. for this to work, Tampa would have to have a tough schedule to start. They just don't. It doesn't really work out. So I don't. I don't see like a spot we need to be grabbing. You know, New Orleans or or grabbing Tampa if you think New Orleans is starting too hot. And then you know, maybe it would it would have to be after Week Eight where New Orleans won that game. Like New Orleans would have to beat Tampa at home. And then we can maybe look at taking Tampa because uh, if you feel that way, it depends how those teams are playing and how everything's going. But it's really kind of void of a, a situational angle where I want to grab someone in division later on in the year.
1: You know what this comes down to to me? Over, under, in the playoffs, out of the playoffs. Uh, you know, the, this, this comes down to me uh, the two games against Atlanta and the two games against Carolina uh i think the two tampas are i'm gonna give them going a scratch i'm gonna write those scratch those up as l's i don't think you can score with tampa um i'm gonna give the the rest of their schedule against the afc east nfc east um and then the first place opponents i think that's a little bit better than 500 for them and so kind of it comes down so right there you're at you're at one game under 500 right you have four more games against the Falcons and the Panthers, if you win those four, you're talking about a team that finishes three games over. 10 and seven. And if you if you lose those four, you are uh, five games under. And if you split, then you're like one game over. And I think that's a split is probably where this ends up. So I feel like nine and eight, no matter how you kind of dice up the wins and losses, no matter how you kind of flip the coins for the close calls, nine and eight is where you end up with these guys.
0: Yeah. And they're, I mean, they're, it's pretty close to their win total. Like, again, this is not a team. I'm very excited to bet on or against all that much. It'll depend. Once we get to the season, we see what happens with the quarterbacks. The win total is eight and a half juice to the over. Like it's essentially eight, <laughs> eight, and three quarters. I mean, it's really, it's a flat nine like we're saying it's a, it's nine, a, nine, eight, it's a nine and eight. A nine and eight team this the win total's over eight and a half just to the over can you know, we to make, uh,
1: pull, pull that up and uh yeah. and break them all down yeah the um super bowl 25 to 1 nfc 12 to 1 neither playable to me oh yeah. I, I mean yeah like cause be, i'm i'm saying this because I don't a better see nfc
0: price at some point
1: yeah, well, I, I mean, we're saying they have an easy start. So, pre, presume, presumably, if you're bullish on the Saints, take them now, and those numbers are going to get shorter. Uh, I'm just telling you that Taysom Hill is is not a high ceiling guy, and not a, a if everything guy. Uh, so, I don't know that they really realistically have a shot at the NFC or the Super Bowl, uh, or even the NFC South, because I I think the world of Tampa Bay. So. Uh, spoiler alert uh, to make the playoffs, yes, at plus 100. Is that a better bet than over nine?
0: It's probably 50 50, man. Probably. So that's a good, it's a good price. It's a good deal. This price. is not a team I'm getting involved with until I find out more about it. Like,
1: no, And then even
0: then, I might not. It might just be like, well, the market is pretty right on this team. Sometimes yeah, the market no, 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 is right.
1: What you just market said, I think one, is, deep dive zero. What what you just said I think is key to make the playoffs. Yes is plus one hundred. No is minus one twenty. The regular season win total, as you just mentioned, over eight and a half is minus one sixty. Under eight and a half is plus one thirty. I am not getting involved in this team either way because uh, I don't think that the unknowns are all that great. They have a long tail. They have a little bit of a long tail under because of the depth issue that we pointed out. Um, But I am not running to the window to bet. Uh, an alt under what all under seven and a half i mean a lot of things have to go wrong for the team to finish seven and ten um because that schedule is pretty soft
0: yeah like a crash and burn season doesn't seem likely and i was gonna get to this when we just kind of moved off at the off the number like yes they do have a soft landing to start but what sam here in the chat said if if tampa bay gets really short like they do have to adjust the markets if there's a team that's playing really well and maybe one other surprise team the markets start to shift towards those teams as everybody bets on them in season so you might get some 15 to ones but it's not like the saints if this again if the saints get to 20 to one it's like we said (laughs) last time like it's probably not something you want to bet anymore if they're 20 to one in season like I think we've seen what we've seen and we know what we know and we're not going to bet him at that point. So you're probably right. Like take him now. There's a decent chance that it gets a little better, but nothing to the tune of doubling. And again, if it does, we don't want
1: to bet it. It's a good team to bet the ender uh, in games.
0: It depends on the quarterback. If Jameis is in, who knows, man, high volatility, pick sixes, turnovers, could be some, some a lot of scoring late in games in late game situations. If they're down, if it's Taysom, I don't know as much. It's a good running team. I think they can sit on leads.
1: Under eight is plus one ninety at circa. If I have if you made me make a bet on this team, I guess that's what I'm betting because there is a chance that there is some injuries that accrue and affects them. There is a chance that they tank for a quarterback next year if they come to their senses and realize Taysom Hill's not the guy. If you made me make a bet on this team, I'm going to circa and I'm playing under eight uh, at plus one ninety. So. Yeah,
0: you probably you probably get your money back on that like four times out of ten.
1: Yeah, I push probabilities pretty high. <laughs> I completely, yeah. completely, completely agree with you. Uh, let's move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Unless you want to do, a, do, you have, do you want to do a uh, win bet, Adri? Are we still? Oh, I forgot. For I
0: forgot. The, I don't even have the graphic.
1: Dude. Oh, okay.
0: I'm sure. Oh, yeah, we can do it once. Yeah, bring it up, Dan. 'Cause there is short time in this and I'm getting a Yeti at the 3M open this weekend. Like oh, I yeah? said, I'm yeah, I bought the I bought like a special ticket where you get a Yeti when you walk in the door and your first drink free. Oh All well i right, no just, just yeah, I'll just mention it. Sign up for win back get a yeti.
1: Yeah, get it. a yeti. <clears throat> uh let's uh let's talk a little bit about the championship Buccaneers. Uh and we can take our time on this a little, I like, suppose pose um although i got a thing at five i gotta get going shoot i put us up against the wall here man sorry um, Oh, no, no worries
0: what is what is there to say again when we get to changes not much change so let's just talk
1: well and, let's talk yeah 2020 make, season okay i got i gotta real quick do a mea culpa here I had low expectations for this Buccaneers team because I did not love the fit with Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. I did not love what we saw at the end of the new England, uh, you know, the end of the new England arc for Tom Brady to me, he looked uh, I had I had too high of a probability that Brady was washed. And to my, in my numbers, as we entered the 2020 campaign uh, and you know, some of that was, he just needed better weapons. He needed to be reinvigorated. He needed uh, you know, a, a, a new challenge and pretty clearly it, was a rocky start but coming out of that by this team was absolutely dynamic they were impossibly good uh they were miraculously healthy uh getting healthy for whatever reason uh credit to the Tom Brady method TB12 method i i suppose um but uh this was a complete team on paper with the question mark of does Tom Brady fit and the oh, um, this is why we <laughs> <No, there, man. laughs> I, I
0: was there. I was there with you. It wasn't the kind of offense that Tom Brady was used to. And in fact, it was the worst kind of offense you really could have thrown him into where you're asking him to hold the ball longer than he liked to and get hit a lot at age 40, God knows whatever. So really like, I mean, you're right. I was right there with it. I think we just underestimated how good he would be at acclimating to a new situation. Well, bending good... the
1: coaching staff to his will.
0: I yeah. Think. And well, not only that, yeah, I was going to say Bruce Arians, like uh, exactly what I was about to say was they kind of met in the middle. You know, sure. they, it wasn't, it wasn't a full like, all right, we're going to do things Tom's way. And Tom didn't just decide we're going to play the same offense that we're used to over here. They did, they did kind of meet in the middle on this and I guess, yeah, they were happy with the results, obviously. Hey that. I think my camera went wonky on me. Um, So yeah, my, my biggest notes were, they were very, very inconsistent early in the season. There were quotes from Brady saying, ah, oh, still learning the offense. And yeah, he, he had been in the same place for a long time. So maybe there was something to that. Eventually they, like you said, they just started to fucking peak and they were very, very good. All of a sudden they were putting stuff up, but there was, it was a, from a betting standpoint, a very hard team to bet on or against early in the season, because they would just lay eggs. You know, you talk about the second New Orleans game where it's like, what, what is this offense right now? If this is what we're going to do. And against a New Orleans team that is kind of, you know, not losing games, but the possibility that this team is about to start sputtering with the injuries. And that's what you're going to do against. And I bet New Orleans that day, we were both did. We were happy as clams, but it was very weird. And then the next week, like, it's like, well, Carolina's kind of a covering team. If you wanted to get in bed with them, and Tampa Bay just went and put like 50 points up on them. It was it was a very up-and-down team. It made it hard to gauge them during the year, but once we got to a certain point, it's like, all right, this is a good team. They really didn't have injuries. They had some O-line injuries. There was some offensive line shuffling. They did a good job of stopgapping and backfilling, and then really the only major injury besides offensive line Vita Vea. And sure. as it, you know, as it turned out, like that wasn't the uh, losing a massive run stopping guy isn't going to slow down your offense.
1: That's true. That's always been true. Yep. But yeah, uh, I didn't have a lot, yeah, hot, it was a lot of hot
0: takes on, on yeah, the, it was on the a, season win. It was just a weird no, it, year and they got hot.
1: That's exactly right. And uh, the off season changes, we can, pre, we can blow through this as well. Uh, nothing. <laughs> uh, uh, this was, they this drafted is drafted at the end. They drafted it. Yep. They drafted the end. They, they bring in uh, uh Gio Bernard, Joseph Jones, the linebacker. They um, guys that moved on are guys that I don't think took many meaningful snaps. Uh, AQ Shipley. Shipley uh, played. He, he retired in the middle of the season, I thought. So they obviously got along fine without him. Um, Antonio Brown similarly had a very limited role for this team. They, they, they don't bring him back, but otherwise this is uh let's run it back guys let's run it back and for all of those reasons, the expectations are high in at least in the whale household for the Tampa bay buccaneers in 2021 um, I, I you know this much continuity, uh, another year in a system uh, another year of uh, just really a lot of younger players in you know a lot of younger um you know, inexperienced coaches, uh, in Byron Leftwich, uh, on the offense in particular, uh, with uh, you know, some young players on the defensive line, some young players in the linebacking core, some young players in the secondary, with a uh, Todd Bowles-coordinated defense, like there is a very fair, reasonable expectation that your baseline projection for a lot of these players should be higher in 2021 yeah. than the production that they came to the table with in 2020. Is that fair? I don't have
0: I don't have a lot of knocks. Really, so many things went right. So we already touched on it. Like Tom Brady, and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to your baseline. Like your baseline doesn't go down. There's gonna be a time where all of a sudden Father Time that maybe catches up to him. I don't know. He's he doesn't eat strawberries, he's he's got like everything figured out about like his personal chef, and he's doing his T B twelve stuff, which is probably illegal, but he's three steps ahead of everybody, so it doesn't matter. And really like father time doesn't catch up with him. I think you see the same kind of year out of him. You have an all world receiving core. You had an offensive line that played pretty decent, you know, even with some injuries the defense came together nice. And, yeah, everything else they brought in, like, oh, Gronk looked shitty. Gronk looked washed. He comes in, does a pretty, pretty good job. As, I mean, a lot of the times just as a blocking tight end, shoring up that offensive line. But he was good. You hit on a receiver in the draft. You didn't even really need to. Tyler Johnson was a decent, like, fourth or fifth option. You really hit on a, a young corner in uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., you know, safety. Yep. But he, like – he, he is. We, talk, we we talk about this all the time. With it's really hard for a young defender to come in and play well right away, and he didn't. But he came along and really, really played well. Of all the offensive linemen in the first round drafted, I think Worfs was the best over the entire sample. He was. He graded out. He graded out better than Thomas and uh Wills, and I think just. Uh, I think there were, was there five guys that were drafted in the.
1: How many there offensive were, linemen were, were
0: taken in the first round well, f- that
1: year? Well, well there were four in the top half of the draft. It was yeah, uh, just, yeah, that was yeah, our remember. Yeah, oh yeah, there were yeah, there were like seven. Wills, <laughs> were like, yeah. Will,
0: yeah, Will's Becton were yeah, Ruiz Ruiz yeah. who we talked about was taking. Like, he's going to catch the bet, but he graded out better than Becton, Will's and Thomas. So I mean, getting getting him, and then having Shaq Barrett and JPP play as well as they did from the edge, it was it was like oh shit, like everything is just clicking. And that's what yeah. was surprising when when they'd have some of those games where it wasn't quite working. Yeah, and yeah. A, a lot of it might have been just Brady wasn't quite there with the offense. So, yeah, Evans, Godwin, Kronkowski, Brown, and everybody else, they, I mean, we'll get to the schedule eventually. But I'm just spoiler, they're average of a six-point favorite if you average their 17 wow. lines. Wow. They're gonna be good. like it's 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 not often that you see a team like this. Like how many teams have we seen over the years? Like uh, you know, Manning wins his last Super Bowl. he's gone. The team just drops. You know the 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 Patriots for the most part have maintained a lot, but and you know the the chiefs were very good again this year, but you do see this sometimes where a team has trouble getting right back to the mountaintop because they've put themselves into a small window. They won their Super Bowl. It's like, man, this, this window is wide open again. And 2022 is going to bring some cap problems for them. There's going to be some hits. This is, if if they're smart, and I believe they are, they will, you know, try to take advantage of this and do anything they can if they need to make any more moves, because this might be it. They're, it's going to get expensive here soon. So I'm... I have very high expectations. I don't know. My only knock on them, I found something and I feel bad because I don't know where I copy and pasted this out of into my notes. I feel like it was Mr. Sharp's guide, but it might've been the outsiders. They were number one with lowest number of adjusted games lost due to injuries, which isn't all luck. I mean, some of that is taking care of yourself, having good training staff, good practices, but they also ranked fourth in net EPA gain to turnovers and fifth and fumble recovery percentage so some of that stuff if it regresses they could be a little worse but there's still probably i mean what's this, what's the floor if there's not like a let's take out the outlier of like a catastrophic injury or a bad cluster injury floor's like 10 in a bad situation 11 i have trouble saying the floor is 10 if nothing, I do too. I I started to say it and I'm like ten sounds low. 10's lower because we have seventeen games and I think yeah. it's eleven.
1: The floor might be no, no, I mean, I mean this is like this is like classic late late stage Tom Brady Patriots. easy ass schedule. <laughs> uh, just an absolutely yoked team. Um, a defense that not only is complete, doesn't have a weak link, but has a good coordinator, good scheme. Bunch of young players who are getting Even better. Even bunting is getting better. <laughs> like everybody, yeah, everybody's getting better, and they're in a good scheme with a good coordinator. Like, this defense could win you games if Tom Brady has, you know, a, a true stinker, right? So, yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't know what the path to, to losses is <laughs> for these guys because they have, I mean, I guess it's, you know, it's a bunch of swing passes to Leonard Lenny Concrete Hands Fournette. Um, that part of the playbook can get lost in you know lost yeah. in the Tampa Bay with the Lombardi Trophy for all I care. Lose that, yeah, um, lose that in the water. Yeah, lose that in the water. But uh, yeah, no, that I mean the the momentum that they had uh, that they c- came out of the bye with that they carried through to three road playoff wins. And then a home Super Bowl. And then win. a home Super Bowl, uh,
0: very
1: odd. A <laughs> home Super Bowl win. Uh, It. I mean, I do not see why they do not carry that momentum right into the beginning of this season, which brings up the schedule. Let's hit it, Dan. Not This, a lot of, of, this, this not, is a lot
0: more color. I mean, there are a lot more things going on, but at the same time...
1: A lot more they, blue in the lines as well, though.
0: Yeah, they're favored <laughs> in... Every game but two as they head to L.A. Should we'll they
1: be shouldn't into... they be favored in L.A.? I don't that, get that's the thing.
0: What is your, what's your percentage chance that they're a one-point favorite when they head to L.A.?
1: Better than 50-50.
0: I think it's like 60-40 because we might not see if Stafford doesn't work out right away and they start strong versus Dallas and Atlanta, which are some suspect defenses to say the least. The offense sure. looks good for two weeks and Stafford's struggling to catch up.
1: Or it's, yeah, be, it's just yeah, taking a little a bit of time there. to, it's taking some time for that gel to, to, to gel. Oh, no, yeah, for LA, sure. Is, yeah, you can't which even blame them. Yeah, it's three
0: yeah, it's weeks, reasonable. very reasonable. So I would not
1: be surprised if they'd be
0: favored there if their offense shines the first two weeks, which it should. I would expect
1: them to be favored by more than two and a half at New Orleans. I would expect them to be favored in at, at Indy. Yeah, the Indy one, too. I think they'll be favored in all 17 games and most of them will be in the touchdown range. This is a, this is a, this is a super team.
0: Yeah, it's a very good team. Um, my notes in the schedule is like, yeah, they did again. They didn't win the division. It's not a first place schedule. And actually, if you go by regular season win total percentages, it's actually a top ten easiest schedule, which is yeah. laughable. Like, oh, this team was the best team we saw in a while. And yeah, the playoffs were a little weird. They were road games. But it was road games against a quarterback you'd never started, especially a playoff yeah. game. The Black road Swan. Game, yeah,
1: you know, it the was, Black, Swan for Black Swan. It was a weird Black Swan. So the Black Swan for the Bucks, if you know, setting aside QB injury, because I don't you know the Blaine Gabbard show, I have a very different opinion of this team. Um but the so but the <laughs> black the black swan event is that uh both uh both Jensen and Marpet get injured for a meaningful chunk of the season. And you have replacement level players in the interior Brady's of that offensive line peppered. and Brady's getting peppered. If they oh. have because they really didn't operate much of that get the ball out of the hand quick kind of offense. It was, it was like exactly like you said, it was meat in the middle. Uh, It was, it wasn't let the play develop and have perfect timing down the field with the guys who can get, create separation. It was kind of, we are just going to dominate the intermediate range here and Mm -hmm. we're going to get the ball out of it relatively quickly. We're going to have super pocket integrity and, uh, and we will just, you know, beat you to death uh, with efficient offense. And I would expect that, short of a cluster injury on the interior of the offensive line. That is a completely reasonable expectation for this offense in 2021. I have them currently as the barely number two offense after Kansas city in my power rankings. I have them as the number two team barely after Kansas city uh, in overall power rankings. I have this defense as top five. Uh, and I think that there is a reasonable likelihood they get to their buy undefeated. I think there is a reasonable likelihood this is the last undefeated team. And I think that three to one to win the NFC is going to get massively short yeah. when it sinks in that they will have the one and only one seed locked, in, locked up relatively early. I think this three to one number is going to move, and it's going to move pretty aggressively. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, just a couple other notes on the schedule I had. It was, again, it was an easier schedule. The bye, the only negative, the bye does get neutered because football teams have to buy two. They have three back-to-back roadies, but the second legs are all against non-playoff projected teams. Um, they have two of their divisional opponents late in the season, coming off their back-to-backs, facing them as the back-to-back in New Orleans as Carol- and Carolina. That's a definite plus as you're making the push towards playoff seating. That's not great for everyone else. Um, nice extra rest spots off Thursday night football versus Atlanta and Chicago. Again, teams that probably aren't projected to make the playoffs. They get the rookie head coach on Thursday night. Not everybody gets that. The only, and then the last negative is the Giants get the mega buy. I'm giving it I'm giving it that name. The Giants get the not only coming off the bye, but coming off the bye into a Monday night football an game. Extra get,
1: an extra one day. And even extra.
0: You get one extra day. So
1: I, I'm gonna are, argue against that. That is not a mega buy. That is a marginally neutered bye because Tampa also gets an extra day from Sunday to Monday.
0: That's true. They do get an extra day to prepare for a team off the bye. Be well, any Monday night game, I guess. So i yeah, will just call it a regular bye. Yeah, and really the, I think the crux of this was what what I said was, I was confused by this team, and maybe it wasn't so much me being confused, but just the buy-in wasn't there from everybody. We said, you know, there were some people that met in the middle, and a lot of it was just, you know, Arians. Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich, and Tom Brady, like, and Todd Bowles less so. I mean, he wasn't a big part of the offense, but he certainly did some things with this defense over the past couple of years. With not only player development, but just in-game coaching, what they've done. Once the three men in the offense, between Arians, Leftwich, and Brady, kind of got to the got to the right place late in the season, it just became a really good offense. And again, they. You throw a really good team with a really good offense, a very smart quarterback, and then you give them some luck. Like you're fucked. Like again, yeah, you get to face Heineke, you get the the Jared Cook fumble, you get Lafleur besides himself being an idiot, like beating you know Lafleur beating Rodgers, so you don't have to. And then you're in the Super Bowl at home. Like, you take a, that good of a team and give them all that luck. Like, what are you, you going to do? They're going to win the goddamn Super Bowl. So,
1: yeah. And I guess I'm not really running and saying, like, this is the lock of the century three to one. Tampa Bay to win the NFC is an easy bet. Don't forget about blah, blah. blah. My entire thesis is literally this is your one seed. Yeah. Everyone the, the else the who the is NFC even is in contention everyone else who is even close to in contention in the NFC has demerits or tough schedule or tough conference or thin at player of position blank or quarterback still somewhat of a question mark. Tampa has none of those questions. And so this three to one is going to look damn good when they are the one seed on a buy and everyone else is duking it out in the mix wild card weekend to try to come to your place. And at that point, may they they may be overvalued hell they may be overvalued in lots of those games we were just looking at i do not know if i will be laying the points with this team on the regular especially once it gets adjusted up into the, the their power numbers and the <laughs> Seven no. eight range. Like, I'm not going to be laying points with this team regularly because I they, I don't know how well they can put away a lead. They put away a lead well in the Super Bowl because their pass rush was absolutely clicking. Like, they knew exactly the snap count on every freaking snap. Um, but the running game, I still have some questions about their ability to put away a lead. Um, and, you know, it's that I don't think they need to win with margin regularly because I think they're going to be playing from ahead a lot. Um, and so, you know, I, I think a lot of their wins, they may come, they, they can come from behind like absolute champions they They are perfectly set up uh, to stone you as you try to put away a game with the run uh, and they can pass their way back into a game. So they are always live for a comeback. Um, and, you know, so I, am not, I, I, I doubt I will bet them much at all this season outside of, you know, maybe a couple of small spots where I feel like there's an edge. Um, but
0: yeah. You know, and that was, you're going to have to
1: lay a point. You have to lay, play big points a lot with this team.
0: Once, and yeah, if, if they maintain what they did when they, you know, they came out of the bye, more motion, more play action, and the offense started clicking. If that continues, it's going to be a very fo- tough offense to compete with. We'll keep an eye on things. Obviously, as the year goes by, we'll make adjustments and see how they play. If, if that continues, it's going to be a very hard team to beat, but at the same time, it will probably be overvalued. I think at the same time, we can say like, Hey, if you find it to win the NFC near four to one, that might not be a bad bet. And at the same time say, I'm going to take teams as a double digit dog versus them during That's, the
1: year. Yeah. Yeah. Like That's last year's the KC. Yeah. Like last year's kind of KC uh, formula. That, uh, that, yeah. yeah. We, that, we that, bet that, against that Kansas be, city a bunch. Yeah. That, that could very well be, I can entirely see it, but guess what? I want the NFC ticket in my pocket right now, because that number is going to be a heck of a lot shorter in January. Um, and I, yep, I may choose someone else come that, you know, once we see what the playoff structure looks like, once we know a little bit more about the, you know, the path to victory, there may be a better choice of who's going to come through and go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Um, but three, you know, plus, I guess let's pull up the odds right now. Um, you can actually get even better than that. Plus 375. My goodness gracious. Almost four to one to win the NFC. That number is going to, I doubt, I doubt we see uh two to one around by the middle of the season and i doubt that it's shorter than plus 100 uh or longer than plus 100 once we get to uh the playoffs and they're the clear number one seed what do you think
0: yeah i mean i'm trying to think of uh some of the odds that we saw as teams got in and the difference being here too and we got to start thinking this way just as like we have to start switching our brains over to think about things as uh as a 17 game season, you got to start thinking about the fact that this one seat means so much more now, like it's such a huge advantage. Obviously it uh, didn't work out so well for one team last year, but having that, not having to play and have this playoff luck, like that's going to be huge. If, if the NFC is down, if the, you know, the Rams, the 49ers fail to set themselves apart, the NFC East does what they're supposed to do. The NFC North, you know, you can have, I guess, Rodgers comes back. That offense plays well. You have competition with that. But the odds of getting the one seed if nothing goes wrong in Tampa is pretty high. And having that is a huge advantage on the field, making everyone else play. Playing at home at the end of the year. Yeah, it's if you can get a close to 4-1, to one, that's not a bad ticket. And again, like I said, away. I'll still be, yeah, fire the cannons. And I'll still be betting against this team if they're, you know, if they're 12-point favorites on, uh, at home against a team that can score
1: yeah like Falcons. um okay so i'm not going to play them to win the super bowl at seven to one that's not quite enough for me i don't think they're going to be meaningful favorites in the super bowl against whoever emerges from the very very competitive afc um and there's really not a lot of other ways to attack this to make the playoffs yes is minus minus 650 oh wow uh no is plus 450 that's the other reason i like them to win the afc at four to one that feels like a low risk ticket like they're going to be in the playoffs. You know, like even if it doesn't get meaningfully shorter, which is my whole thesis of why to play it, um that's going to be in it's still not dead, right? Exactly. Uh regular season win total over 11 and a half is minus 150. Over 11 and a half is minus 150. Ooh, my goodness. Shop Under is plus 120. Um okay. The f- final thoughts on Tampa Bay and the 2021 season. Um, Have I sufficiently jinxed Tom Brady at this point?
0: I think he might not get hurt this year. He might get hurt before the season starts. (laughs) You've talked so much good. Like he might, he might go full up uh, Dustin Johnson and just fall down a flight of stairs. Somebody in the chat did ask, what about uh, them to have the most wins? I did just find a five to one at an offshore for most wins. So five to one, they are second favorite there to the Chiefs, and we'll get here's to the, the Chiefs. Here's
1: here's why I like NFC for almost four to one better. Um, I there's favor. not going to be a lot of pressure on them to get the most wins.
0: you need Green Bay. Need Green Bay to play them,
1: well. Right, they, right, exactly. There's no other team in the NFC that I think can stand out to the tune that there's really going to be a ton of pressure on them to get that one seed. Right. Path to victory for the one seed to me is clean uh, path to most overall wins means you got to hope none of these AFC teams like really hit their peak.
0: And you need Green Bay or San Francisco or L.A. to push you along to push you Otherwise, so that you're starting
1: guys in week 16, 17, 18.
0: Yeah, you, you need to be yeah. playing those games to win. So that's yeah. tough. And somebody did say South Point has four to one. Go down there, see Jimmy, get a hot dog, bet that. Maybe that might even and you get a paper ticket. Unless that's you the most the
1: wins, four to one. No, four oh, to one oh, win the NFC. Oh, yeah. beautiful, beautiful. That's why you shop around, guys. Shop around. All right, that's a perfect way to put a bonus. Great job, man. That was fun as hell. This was a fun. Um, one. Yeah, God, dude, I'm fired up for the season, and uh, we get to see Tampa Bay, Dallas, Week One. So that'll be fun. Talk about the uh, talk about an over spot. My goodness gracious.
0: Yeah, we've already mentioned how that game ends, like 21-14 comes now 38 it'd be yeah. a lot cooler if it did <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right well let's hit the music thank you again uh for tuning in we are now one quarter of the way through our season previews and uh we will keep it a surprise what is up next week but it's another division that i'm excited to talk about so those are going to be great they'll be great